Shalom Aleichem, good evening, welcome to class number 29 in our 30 letters in 30 days, Yud Aleph Nissen Hachana Matana, preparation, birthday gift. It's been quite an experience, really, really, really. It, uh, it's been wonderful, and I'm ever so grateful to all of you who have participated on any level. Whether you caught one class or you've caught all of the classes, it's really been very meaningful for me. Um, I want to, before we learn tonight's letter, mention some orders of business. There's a lot of stuff to mention tonight. Um, let me pull up my notes over here. Okay, first of all, just some acknowledgments. I think that's important. Uh, the main impetus behind this year was the incessant nagging and harassment <laughs> by a couple, a uh, husband and wife team, a shliach and a shlucha in Detroit, Michigan, Basi and Levi Shemtov, who were trying to get me to do this for years. And finally, I guess... Yod Aleph Nissen seemed a meaningful time to do it. And I thank Levi and Basi for making this happen and then sticking with the project and making sure that there were funds and making sure there were resources and making sure it was organized and making sure we had the best, best, best talent on this team. And we really, really did have incredible people involved here. And I'm going to try to mention all of them tonight. Um, Mendel Shemtov, also Shemtov, a relative of Levi and Basi, a nephew. Um, he was really the organizer and the coordinator of all aspects of this project, from the technical side to the content, meaning class preparation and coordinating with our research team, which I'll mention in a moment, and helping me to prepare for these shiurim and being my chavrusa and my handler, and uh, just a brilliant young man with an incredible temperament, and I could definitely not have done this without Rabbi Mendel Shemtov's constant uh, organization, uh, planning, thought. Uh, in fact, you want to you want to know he's the guy who wrote up the list for me tonight. <laughs> this list of thank yous. I wouldn't even have my list of thank yous if it not for. Mendel Shemtov. Okay. Um, the Vad Oyer Vachoymois Kashrus, specifically the women's division, and Mrs. Itti Shemtov, who's Mendel's mother. And you know what? Talent runs in families. So what can I tell you? Uh, she organized all of, you know, the groups that we had all over the world, literally on every continent. Except for Antarctica. I did not hear there was a group in, in, in Antarctica. But we had these women's groups who were learning the letters and then getting together and discussing them and talking about it on a personal level. So that was her department, making sure that that happened, along with lots and lots of other logistics to make this more than just a sheer, but to make it an experience and to make it something that people are buzzing about all over the whole world. Um, also... The communication 
uh, and the administration and the logistics. Uh, that was also overseen by a very talented young man, Hatomim Levi Katz, also Mrs. Rachel Naparstik, and uh, their, their talent and their devotion and dedication to making sure everything runs smoothly behind the scenes was just incredible. Uh, Mrs. Rachel Holtzkenner, she devised a uh, sort of parallel program. She put together resources for teachers, for community leaders to be able to engage in conversations with their communities about the, the letters. Um, and we should also mention, I won't go through all the names in specific, but there was a committee of women who helped get this project off the ground. This is a committee that's uh, part of the Vad Or V'chaim. And especially, I'll just mention Mrs. Dini Greenberg and Mrs. Manya Lazarov, who arranged um, the Fabrengens uh, for, for many groups all over the world, but also there were teen Fabrengens uh, for uh, high school students. And uh, we want to thank them. We want to thank all the communal leaders, the community leaders who had groups all over the world. Um, I want to thank uh, the research team. Really, I, I, I've gotten so many compliments. Oh, it's so thorough. You give such wonderful background, and you tell us about who the person was who wrote the letter. I could never have done that on my own. 30 times in 30 days, it, it would never have happened. But Baruch Hashem, Rabbi Mendy Tubal, and Hatomim Zelig Shemtov were there for me to research things, to look up sources, to write up research sheets that I could use uh, for, for preparing the classes. And the finished product that you got, that's because of their sweat that they put into it. And really just brilliant and uh, extremely dedicated young men. Uh, we want to mention also the booklet that was put together, Sichas in English and Rabbi Shmuley Avtsin. For the, uh, for the project, dedicating his resources and time to getting us this booklet, Rabbi Yenkel Oster for the uh, translations, uh, also the, the overseeing the, the completion of the booklet, Mrs. Mushki Loshak, and uh, the v vowels, the, the Nekudais, Rabbi Shmuel, uh, Shmuel Rabin. <clears throat> uh, and also uh, Mendy Smetana for the printing and the shipping, who really expedited it and made it made it possible that people would have the physical booklets in time for this year. Um, also, I just want to mention, I got one thing to mention over here. Just got it in. About another event. Where is it? Yeah, the Bader Hill High School Milwaukee has a group of girls who are meeting every night on Zoom to learn a letter together from the website. That's a message we got from uh, Mrs. Hannah Friedman. Okay, um, action items. Action items. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about business. Um, there are a few things that we're recommending that you do, in anticipation of uh, the culmination of this whole project. Uh, one thing is please sign the duch. That's uh, an acronym for din v'cheshben. <clears throat> meaning a report, we're bringing a report into the aisle to bring good news and a birthday present to the Rebbe about all the learning that's been going on. If you've been involved with any of the learning at any level, please sign the Duch, your name and your mother's name, so that we can be uh, 
bearers of good news. Um, tomorrow night, the event will be live streamed. It's a little bit different than our normal shear that we have every night, 10 to 10.30. It's a longer program. It's a longer event. It is a women's event. Most of the event actually will only be on Zoom with login for women only. It's a musical event. Then the portion of uh, learning the final class in the 30th level, a letter that will be um, on YouTube for everybody to participate in. And uh, you'll go to 30letters30days.com and you'll be able to find all that information as well as signing the duch. Also, if you are so inclined, you could leave us feedback. We would love to get feedback. And I'll tell you why we would love to get feedback. First of all, it's nice to be acknowledged. And the letter tonight that we're going to learn from the Rebbe is about acknowledging people for their good work and the psychological advantage that it has when you acknowledge somebody for good work. So it's nice to be acknowledged. So give us um, your feedback. But also, I'm going to, without overpromising <clears throat> anything, I'm going to acknowledge the fact that the requests for continuing learning the Rebbe's letters have been so impassioned and so... Uh, resounding that uh, we're not going to say no. We're not going to say no to that. So in some form or another, which I may announce, not tonight, but uh, maybe tomorrow, maybe maybe during Pesach, when, when, when I have a real plan, um, I'll let you know how we're going to continue. So if you leave feedback, that's actually going to help us with the direction moving forward as far as providing you with, uh, with what you want. Also, we've got to pay the bills. Uh, this was a very expensive project. So if you would like to sponsor, if you would like to participate and be part of this project, you can do so at 30letters30days.com. I also want to mention tonight's class. I just received a sponsorship just before the class. And this sponsorship is from an anonymous donor in honor of the Jets Yeshiva in Los Angeles, where I've been told the students have been studying these letters every night and discussing them and taking them personally. And that's just wonderful to hear. We've been speaking so much about the women and the girls. So I just heard about a group of Bachem and Yeshiva at Jets in LA. They are uh, following these letters as well. So we thank the uh, donor of tonight's Sheer who... Uh, stepped up and said, what can I do to be part of this program? And if you would like to also sponsor, uh, if you'd like to be part of sponsoring tomorrow night's big event at the Eichel, one block from the Eichel, a women's event, uh, you can be a sponsor at 30letters30days.com. Um, yeah, and just in general, if you want to be updated about what we do in the future, so it would be a good idea to leave some type of feedback or a donation uh, or sign the duch because that way we have your contact info and we can keep you updated. Okay, also one more thing. Um, I'm going to make a pitch. I'm going to make a pitch about other learning opportunities in addition to Igris. Um, you've been learning with me for the past uh, 30 days and... Uh, if you've enjoyed it and you think maybe you would like to learn more stuff. So I'll just let you know where to find me at soulwords.org. That's S-O-U-L-W-O-R-D-S, soulwords.org. There you can find thousands of hours of my classes. 
on all types of subjects, text-based classes on Tanya and on Shara Betochen, and you can find lectures on topics of, of, of various uh, issues. And uh, at Parsha, there are classes there on every single Parsha of the week. Um, and, and pretty much uh, anything that I could think of. But if you think of something else that you'd like to see from me, let me know. So that's soulwords.org. That's my website. Of course, uh, you can find all of the Soul Words material on our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash soulwords. You can find us on all of the major podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts at the Soul Words podcast program. And uh, you can also find us at Torah Anytime, which is one of our partners in spreading the wellsprings of Chassidus. So uh, I hope that you'll continue to learn with me, albeit virtually, but uh, it's, nice, it's nice to be able to at least think that there are, there are people on the other end who are, uh, who are connecting to whatever it is that I'm putting out there. Okay, fine, that's a long intro. Oh, someone's asking here in the Zoom chat, what time is the letter going to be tomorrow night? We're going to endeavor, with Hashem's help, that the letter part, will be at 10, like it's always been at 10. So we're going to try to keep that part consistent. If you can't join us for the entire program tomorrow night, if you can, that would be wonderful. But if you can only, if you can only tune in for part and you want to try to catch the 30th letter, that'll be, God willing, at 10 o'clock. Okay, um, I hope I didn't forget anything. I really hope I didn't. All right, maybe we're just going to have to keep learning letters until I... Remember to mention all the things I'm supposed to mention. Um, let's do tonight's letter, letter number 29. Yeah, and this is letter Gimel Shin Lamed Dalet, 3,334 in the Igris, uh, in uh, Igris Kedish Yod, volume 10. Like all of our letters are from volume 10. Baruch Hashem. Tess Adar Tufshin Tess Vav Brooklyn, New York. This letter is dated the ninth day of the month of Adar, the year 5715, corresponding to 1955. And those of you who know a little bit of Chabad history know that Tess Adar, the ninth day of the Hebrew month of Adar, is a very important date in the Chabad calendar. And I'll let you think about what it might be. Because in the end of the letter, the Rebbe actually says explicitly what it is. Maybe we'll make like a, a game of it. See if you can shout it out if you know it now. Yeah, very good. That was right. I heard somebody get the right answer just now. Okay. To the distinguished individual, the chassid, the God-fearing man, the honorable, the exalted community activist, Rabbi Chaim Zalman, known as Chazak. Who is Chaim Zalman, otherwise known as Chazak? Well, Chazak is the acronym or the Rosh Hatevis of his name. Chaim Zalman is the Ches in the Zion. And then the Kulf is Kramer. Chaim Zalman or Chaim Schneer Zalman Kramer. And Chaim Schneer Zalman Kramer was one of, he was actually the oldest of 
the four sons, not the four sons in the Haggadah, <laughs> because these were all wise sons, the four sons of Reb Meisha Lazer Kramer. Who was Reb Meisha Lazer Kramer? Well, if you've ever benefited from anything that Chabad has accomplished in the United States of America, and I think probably that includes every single Jewish person in the world, then you have a debt of gratitude to Reb Meisha Lazer Kramer and his family. Reb Meisha Lazer came over to America in Tuf Reish Nun Hay. That's 1895. That's a very early time to come over. I mean, relatively speaking, for a Russian Jew. There were German Jews who came to America at that time, but most Russian Jews came a little bit uh, later after that. Um, so he was actually one of the earliest Chabad Hasidim in America to establish himself. And with Hashem's blessings, he ended up becoming rather successful in the clothing manufacturing business. In fact, <clears throat> M.L. Kramer and Sons, M.L. is Meisha Laser. M.L. Kramer and Sons is still a functioning, successful business. You can look up their website right now, mlkramerandsons.com, I think. <clears throat> At any rate, um, the original Agudas Chesidei Chabad in America, the organization of Chabad Chesidim, it used to have its meetings in Mr. Kramer's factory. Mr. Kramer's factory was the location of the first meetings. And um, Rabbi Yisrael Jacobson, who was one of the early Askonim in Chabad in America, I think he came over in the 30s, the 1930s, but he writes in his memoirs about what were the meetings like. They would meet at the Kramer factory, and the rabbis would talk about what activities they were doing and what it was going to cost. And then the Kramer brothers would whip out their checkbooks <laughs> and pay for it. And that was the meeting of Aguch, of Agudas Chesideh Chabad in America in the, in the good old days. So this letter <clears throat> is to Chaim Zalman Kramer, Chazak. And um, it's a letter that was written before he was honored. <clears throat> there was a Malava Malka, a dinner, honoring his, his work, sort of a, like a Lifetime Achievement Award, or something similar to that. And um, specifically about um, his work, all of the brothers were involved in, in Chabad activities. And, and just not to get into a whole story, because we could, we could speak all night just about the Kramers, but uh, to give you a, an understanding of what we're talking about here, when the previous Rebbe was arrested by the communists in 1927, and it was a very serious charge and very serious, the most serious possible punishment, which, 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 which was hanging over his head, God forbid. So it was the Kramer family with their connections in America that facilitated pressure, diplomatic pressure being put on the Soviets, which at least in the natural scheme of things, led to the previous Rebbe's freedom. When the previous Rebbe visited America in 1930, so it was the, it was the Kramer family who uh, saw to that visit and paying for it and arranging for it and making sure that everything was done the most honorable way. 
um, when when the previous Rebbe moved to America ultimately in 1940. So <clears throat> they used their their ties and their connections to get the previous Rebbe out of Europe. He was in Poland at the time, which was uh, the Nazis had already invaded, so it was extremely difficult and dangerous to get out. And also when he arrived in America, so they facilitated everything from his arrival to his getting established and 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 building the organizations here that he built in in America. Um, so this is this is who the Rebbe is writing to, a very important person. Um, let's let's take a look here. Es hat mir, and this is in Yiddish. Es hat mir gefreit. It made me happy. Zu bekommen die Idee wegen dem Alava Malke, was wären ungeordnet lechovid eich. I was happy to find out about the Malava Malka, the post-Shabbos meal that's being organized in your honor. In other words, this is a letter to a dinner honoree. That's what it is, I mean, in the simplest terms. Zu der Gelegenheit von Eire viel jerke Tätigkeit in a gutes Chsede Chabad und Fardi Lubavitcher Yeshiva. And this dinner is honoring you for your many years of dedication to Agudas Chsideh Chabad, that's the organization we mentioned, as well as the Labavitcher Yeshiva, so both, both organizations. Aza Zusammenkunft is wichtig derfar, was sie weist, as die Wichtigkeit von der Arbeit und von dem Grace von dem größten Zweck wird anerkannt und abgeschätzt und es ist zu hoffen, als der dosige Gefühl wird euch weiter beherrschen die Führer und Führens oder Führernis und I should probably break up uh, the sentence here und Anteil nehmen in der Malava Malke. Okay. So the Rebbe says, it is important to honor somebody like you for the work that you've done <clears throat> because doing so shows that the work that you're doing is important and that hopefully that feeling will then be spread to the other leaders of the organization as well as all of the participants in the event. Remember I was saying before that it's important to acknowledge people for good work? So the Rebbe here is speaking about that idea, that it's important to acknowledge people for good work because it shows that the work is important and the work is valuable. The Rebbe actually uses both words, important and valuable, because wichtig is important, and abgeschatzt means esteemed or, or valued. So... The point is, and this is something you find in the Rebbe's Torah quite often. You know, people often think of the Rebbe as being very, very demanding and always asking for more and more and more, which is true, which is totally true. And the Rebbe would always invoke the principle of Yelchomechayel Elchayel, that you go from strength to strength. And the, the greatest celebration of one success is to go out and reach for an even greater success. At the same time, I hope that nobody thinks that the Rebbe wasn't into acknowledging 
the first success, and even celebrating it. And right here you see that Rebbe is saying that it's a good thing that they're honoring you because by honoring you, it shows that what you're doing matters and that it's a good thing for, for other people to want to do it. The Rebbe doesn't say it here. Um, in fact, I noticed there are no maramekoymes, there are no scholarly citations or sources in this letter, even where there could have been, but I, I think this letter was deliberately written on a simple, straightforward uh, level. But uh, it, it, when I was reading this part of the letter, it occurred to me something that the, the Rebbe said many, many, many times, um, perhaps hundreds of times in public addresses, and how, who knows how many times in, in, in private, whether in correspondences or in pers personal uh, audiences. But the Rebbe would often invoke a principle of halacha, which is attributed originally to the Rashba, to Reb Shlomo ben Aderet, the 13th century CE sage, who was a great halachic codifier, and uh, he wrote responsa, rabbinical answers to questions. There was a community that once wrote to the Rashba about a man who donated property to the synagogue, and he wanted that his name should be on the synagogue. Now, you're going to say, of course it should be done. That's what everybody does. Well, now they do. <laughs> well, now they do, right? Uh, but this is where that comes from. The community wrote to the Rashba and said, what is this, this guy? He wants us to put his name on it. It's not, it's not humble. And the Rashba told them, no, you should put his name on it because mitzvah lefarsim say mitzvah. It is a mitzvah to publicize those who do mitzvahs. That when you tell others, hey, look at this guy, he did a mitzvah. So it encourages others. They're like, oh, it's a good thing to do. So um, sometimes even the, the one who did the mitzvah doesn't even want the credit. He'd rather be humble. But... Uh, he has to take one for the team, so to speak, and allow them to publicize that he gave it so that it encourages others. By the way, I've done that in fundraising many times where somebody has told me, I don't want my name on it for whatever reason. Maybe because they're very humble. Maybe they just don't want other people calling them. And I've had to say, you know what? If I can put your name on this and say that you're giving to this cause it's, it's going to bring in more money. And then begrudgingly they'll say, okay, fine, put my name on it. You know, because they understand it actually does help. It's a good thing. So that is a, a halachic principle. Like I said, originally it goes, to the, uh, goes back to the Rashba. It's cited in Shulchan Aruch or in the Ramaz, glosses to the Shulchan Aruch in the halachas of Tzedakah, in Yeredeya, in, uh, in uh, Simen Reish Memtes, over there, he says that even though maybe you would think you shouldn't do it, but it's a good thing to do, and he cites the Rashba as his source. So the Rebbe says it's a good thing to Reb Chaim Zalman Kramer that they're honoring you, because by honoring you, it shows others that the work that you do is valued and, and important. Okay, So important to know that it's a good thing to give credit where credit is due. It's not just menschlichkeit, it's, it's productive. It gets, <laughs> it causes more good things to get done. Okay? All right. 
let's continue here. Okay, so then the Rebbe is expressing his hope that by them giving you the spotlight, it's going to inspire others. They're going to say, oh, look at what he did. That's so good. Und in And then that feeling when people look at you and say, oh, that's so cool what he, what he did, that will then translate into action. Obviously, its value is that it gets translated into action. And the Rebbe even spells out what does it mean getting translated into action in a vergresseter und eusgebreitete Arbeit von jeden einem bechlal und befrat. The application in actual deed means, the Rebbe spells out, in an enlarged and expanded work on the part of every individual, the collective as well as the individuals there. So by highlighting your mitzvahs, Mr. Kramer, it's going to cause many more people to do mitzvahs. Okay. Now remember we said this date was Tess Ador, the ninth day of Ador. And uh, the Malava Malka, as Malava Malkas always are, is going to be Matzah Shabbos. So the Shabbos that's coming up is the Shabbos before Purim, which is otherwise known as Shabbos Zocher, where we read a special reading, Zohar, remember what Amalek did to you coming out of Egypt. We read that before Purim because Haman was a descendant of our mortal enemy, Amalek. And uh, the Rebbe here says, there's a connection. The fact that the dinner honoring you is going to be on the night coming out of Shabbat Zohar, which means it's going to be happening in the days that precede so the time, meaning the time of year, has a significant connection to this event. In accordance with the way that Chsidim understand the idiom we must live with the time. This, of course, is a reference to a story which is brought in Hayyem Yayim. To be exact, it's the entry, we've mentioned Hayyem Yayim before, from day to day, which is a calendar with a thought for each day, which the Rebbe compiled. And this is the entry for base Cheshvan, the second day of the Hebrew month of Cheshvan. Over there, it relates a story that the Alter Rebbe told the Chassidim, as Medav Lebem at the Zeit, we have to live with the times. And the Chassidim did not know what it was until finally, with the help of the Alter Rebbe's brother, the Maril Rebbe Yehuda Leib, they figured out that it meant you have to look at the weekly Torah portion as your guide for what's going on in the world. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know if this is the Rebbe's Chiddush right now, but at least to my limited knowledge, it seems to be the Rebbe's innovation. The Rebbe here is using this term or invoking this term in this idea of Madaf Leb Metzait, not only to connect to the Parsha. See, in the original story, it was about the Parsha the weekly sedra, the, the Torah portion that we read. 
Um, but here the Rebbe is saying, Madaf also connects to the time of year, meaning Purim. Perhaps that's why the Rebbe also connects it to Parshas Zacher, because in a way that's also a Torah reading. But then the Rebbe, as you're about to see, connects it to the Megillah as well, which is not a Torah reading. So it seems to me that Rebbe is taking that idea of Madaf Lebmetzite, which applies to the Torah reading, and taking it one step more and saying it also applies to the reading of the Megillah. At any rate, um, let's, let's see the Rebbe's connection between Purim and Parsha Zacher and the reading of the Megillah and how that pertains to the dinner which will be honoring Reb Chaim Zalman Kramer. Eine von die wichtige Nekudais, was die Megillah lernt uns, is das. One of the most important ideas that the Megillah teaches us is the following. Was die Jiden in jener Zeit in Anblick von der Größe Sakona von Vernichtung Chasvashalem, was hat bedreut unser Volk, Männer, Frauen und Kinder, a ganz Jahr. The Jewish people, all of them, men, women, and children, faced the threat of destruction, annihilation, for an entire year. And in light of that fact, you would think, the Rebbe doesn't say this, I'm adding this, you would think, that they would have used, primarily they would have used political connections, as the Rebbe is about to say, haben sich nicht verlassen auf die größer verbundigen, was sie haben gehabt mit der Melucha. They did not use their connections, their diplomacy that they had with the government. And it's interesting because the Kramer family most certainly did have diplomatic connections and uh, a pretty good network and a pretty good Rolodex. But uh, so perhaps that uh, is sort of a, a reference to that. The Rebbe says they didn't try to make use of their political connections. Durch Esther Hamalke. Not through Esther the Queen or Mordechai, who was a uh, government official sitting in the king's gate, nor haben verstanden. Rather, the Jewish people understood. As the Hatzala von Yiddishen Volk licked in der Hatzala von die Yiddische Kinder, they understood that the salvation of the Jewish people was connected to the salvation of the Jewish children, was derfar, <clears throat> which therefore, hat Mordechai Yehudi versammelt die Yiddische Kinderloch massenweise. Mordechai gathered the Jewish children in large groups, and studied Teire Mitzvahs with them in large public assemblies. Like it is clearly explained in Gemara and in Medrash, and the Rebbe doesn't give the sources here, um, as the Rebbe often does. The Rebbe often gives sources, but here the Rebbe just mentions it's in Gemara and Medrash. And there we learn about the fact that Mordechai gathered 
20,000 Jewish children who were willing to risk their lives to defy Haman and to study Torah publicly with their, with their Rebbe, with Mordechai, and that doing so brought the merit that saved the Jewish people. And then, yes, of course, if you know the story, later there was the attempt to use some level of natural means to um, intercede on behalf of the Jewish people. Esther uh, organized the parties, and she she spoke to Ahasuerus, and there were certain natural uh, means that were employed. But the main response, the main response was, Mordechai saw that what needs to happen is we have to take Jewish children and study with them, and that's going to be the key to our salvation. Okay. So the Rebbe is writing to someone who's a very well-connected, very uh, well-respected, well-known Jew, especially for those times in America, for an, an observant Jew to be that well-connected and, and well-respected. And the Rebbe is saying to him that really at the end of the day, what is, what is the key to our continuity as a people it's not that we know the right people and we have good connections and we have a good network. It's that we gather Jewish children and learn Torah and mitzvahs with them. Interesting point to make to somebody who, who's so politically and diplomatically and financially connected that really the most powerful thing you can do, and the Rebbe doesn't tell him, and this is typical of the Rebbe, the Rebbe doesn't tell him, hey, come on, you, start doing that. No, the Rebbe never speaks that way. I never heard the Rebbe speak that way. To me, I, I've always, whenever the Rebbe is telling somebody to do something, it's like something that they're already doing, even if they're barely, <laughs> even if they're barely doing it. <laughs> this is one of the things in my, in my parenting class that I teach. I don't say that I got it from the Rebbe. Sometimes people ask, but I'll say, you got to catch your kid doing the right thing, label it, and then ask for more of it. You see what that, we had that in an earlier letter where the Rebbe says, Ein mezarzen ela We only urge on those who are already um, engaged, you know, encourage the enthusiastic. So it's like, don't, you don't say to somebody, hey, you've never done such and such, right? Why don't you start doing it for once? That's not the way to <laughs> Here, a free Shalom bias tip. Never say to your spouse, you never such and such. Why don't you start doing such and such for once? That's a good way to just start an argument and make sure that they never do the thing that you claim they never did. But catch them doing something that even approximates the target behavior and say, hey, that's great. Do more of it. Now, here's a case. Mr. Kramer had done a lot of what the Deb is encouraging him to do. And the Rebbe is saying, it's, it's amazing what you've done. And the fact is, you're being honored for it. You're being honored for it because you've done such an amazing job at it. But this, that you're being honored for it, should actually cause that you and everyone who's inspired by you should do even more of it, right? So let's do even more of it, and let's remember where the priority should be. The priority should be gathering Jewish children for Torah study. That's the priority. Okay. Let's let's finish up the letter. Zelbs verständlich. It is 
self-understood, and I've said this many times, when the Rebbe says it's self-understood, it means it should be self-understood. It should be axiomatic. As in der Heintiker Zeit is euch und noch mehr. That today, in our day and age, everything that was true then in the time of Purim is even more true today. It's still true and even more true. It's truer than ever that the key to our salvation and success is the education of children. Okay, fine. Explain that to me. All right, the Rebbe will explain that to us. Let's see. Und seien dick in a Freiland, wo zu Rate von jüdische Kinder fordert nicht die selber Moss Messiris Nefesh wie amol. Being in a free country where rescuing Jewish children does not require the same degree of self-sacrifice that it once did. Darfman give... Did I skip something? Oh, yeah, yeah, I skipped something. There's one, one, one more very important phrase here. Und wo die Möglichkeiten seinen Größe. Also, where the possibilities are greater. The possibilities are greater. In other words, there's more resources. Pashat, you know, material resources. We have more wealth. We have more wealth. But also, because of the freedom that we enjoy, we have we just have more more opportunities to do stuff so it used to be that we were resisting oppression and our answer to that was we're going to educate the next generation now that i was saying the oppression is not like it used to be and to the contrary we have many opportunities, and the Rebbe is writing to a very wealthy, very well-connected man who has plenty of opportunities and plenty of resources. So, Darfman gewiss gedenken. So, we have to certainly remember, as die Kinder sein in die Zukunft und Rechtung von unser Volk, nicht nur in geistigen Sinn, nur euch in poschet physischen und materiellen Sinn. We have to know that the Jewish children are the future and the salvation of our, nat- of our nation, not only spiritually, but also in the most literal, physical sense. So if it was true in times of severe oppression that our only answer and our best answer was to invest in Jewish education of Jewish children, how much more so today we have to remember that when we have so many opportunities and we have so much freedom, we have so many resources at our disposal, the best investment and the best security to ensure our future and our continuity is Jewish education of Jewish children. And it's very interesting to me that the Rebbe says, not only in the spiritual sense, but also in the simple material sense. That's an interesting that you can make there. Why does it, you know, normally you would think not only materially, but even spiritually. 
but Rebbe does it the opposite, not only spiritually, but even even materially. And I could, I could take a guess what that might mean, and it's in line with something that we've learned many times over the past 30 days, which is that there's no contradiction between what's good for the soul and what's good for the body. That the same Hashem who gave us the Torah and its laws created the world that we have to live in. And therefore, when you do something that's good spiritually, you won't lose out materially. You're, you're only going to gain materially. So the Rebbe says, of course it's good spiritually. Right? Of course, investing in Jewish education is going to ensure the spiritual continuity of the Jewish people as, as, a, as a nation of faith and of believers. But I'll tell you even more, it's actually going to be good in the most literal, physical sense as well, meaning safety, security, prosperity, good health, that kind of stuff, uh, is also going to benefit from investing in the Jewish education of Jewish children. Okay. Remember we asked for the prize. What is the significance of Tess Adar? Heint Tess Adar, wenn der Briv wird geschrieben. Today, the ninth day of Adar when the letter is being written, is der tog, then is the day when what? What happened on the ninth day of Adar? Kveid, Kedushas, Meidav, Echomi, Admor, Zecher, Tzadik, Vekodesh, Levroch, Lechai, Yehoi, Elam, Haba, Nishmose, Beginze, Mereim, Zichuse, Yogin, Eleinu, is Gekumen in America. Tess, Adar is the day when the previous Rebbe came to America. Not to visit, he had visited previously, but came here to settle in 1940. And who was involved in the welcome committee? Of course, the Kramers. In fact, they arranged that the, um, the, the, the Friedrich Rebbe should not have to go to the dock where they have, you know, you ever land at like a, an international airport and you have to go through customs and immigration and you stand in this big giant hall and you go through the rope maze and it's it's not something that a rebbe should have to do so they arranged that a little uh a little boat i think a little tugboat came up to the ship and the fiddick rebbe got off on there and then they took him to his own pier and they processed whatever they needed, you know, legal immigration papers or whatever it was over there without having to go through the big uh, entry hall. So uh, that was the Kramers who arranged that. So the Rebbe says, Tess Adar is the day when the Friedrich Rebbe came to America. Und hat das Eubedermante unterstrachen. And he underlined or emphasized the above mentioned. What did we just mention? What's the above mentioned? That the key to our continuity and success as a people is the Jewish education of Jewish children. So the Rebbe says, on the day, the day that this letter is being written, which is also the anniversary of when the Friedrich Rebbe came to America, that day was a day when the Friedrich Rebbe very clearly, through his actions, emphasized this concept that we're talking about, the concept of the Jewish education of Jewish children. Okay, how so? Der mit was takeif noch sein kumen her. Noch edere hat sich abgeruht. Oder 
eingeordnet, sich allein. Afilo in Asamen elementaren Eufen hat er gegründet die Lubavitsche Yeshiva und andere Meisters verhindert Hakosher Vahatohet. Before he settled himself, before he went to his hotel room, he had already established the Lubavitcher Yeshiva in America. And this is a matter of public record. There's a Sicha, a public address, from the Fidika Rebbe, Tess Adr, at the Greystone Hotel in Manhattan. And before the Fidika Rebbe has so much as gone to his room. Can you imagine that? You just took an international sea voyage. And international, no, intercontinental. And before you've even settled into your hotel room, you've already met with Aguch, with Agudas Chassidei Chabad, which is what the Friedrich Rebbe did. And, you know, some meetings are just meetings. Other meetings actually, on occasion, produce something. And the meeting results in a decision that we're starting the Lubavitcher Yeshiva in America. And when's it starting? Tomorrow! <laughs> Before the Fedekeva even went into the hotel, he said that we are proud to announce we have just decided a few hours ago. <laughs> you can see, you can look up the Sicha. We just decided a few hours ago that tomorrow is going to be the first day of the Lubavitcher Yeshiva in America, and it's going to be at the Oinig Shabbos Shul. I'm not sure where the Oinig Shabbos Shul is. I imagine somewhere in Manhattan. And uh, classes are starting tomorrow. Uh, I'm already way over time, so I'm going to mention something. A few nights ago, I mentioned Yechen and Gordon. And by the way, I got a wonderful letter from Yechen and Gordon uh, yesterday not the same Yechen and Gordon in the letter but somebody with the same name Yechen and Gordon uh, wrote a wonderful letter yesterday talking about him uh, enjoying these classes and uh, it's wonderful I, I know Yechen and Gordon and uh, for him to enjoy my classes wonderful because I enjoy his father's classes every day he's the son of Rabbi Yeshua ben Yomin who was dear, dear, dear friend of mine and a role model and a hero of mine and continues to be my teacher because of the miracles of modern technology. I still learn with Josh Gordon every day. <laughs> Come out every day, yeah. Um, at any rate, so just to mention Yechen and Gordon, um, when he moved to America, he moved to America before the Friedrich Rebbe came, meaning before 1940. And he actually was very, very concerned about his children, what would happen to them living in America and not having Toim Chetimim. Toim Chetimim is the Labavitcher Yeshiva. So uh, he asked, before he left, he asked the Fidik Rebbe, Bracha, that his, his boys, as Bachram, should learn in Toim Chetimim. And uh, in fact, I think he even asked like for a guarantee. And uh, the Fidik Rebbe told Rabbi Yechonah Gordon, yes, your sons will learn in Toim Chetimim. So with that, that comforted him, and it comforted him to some degree. He went to America, and he said that I heard this from Shalom Bear Gordon, who is the son of Yechen and Gordon, and the father of Yeshua Ben Yamin, 
So uh, now I'm talking about uh, four different generations of Gordons, if you can keep track. At any rate, so Rabbi Yechanan was certain, what did that mean? What did the Friedrich Rebbe's promise mean? He knew if a tzaddik gives such a, a guarantee that 100% it's going to come to fruition, but what did he assume that meant? You have to understand what America was in the 1930s. He assumed what that meant was that he would send his boys back to Europe on a boat, and they would learn in Poland, where the Lubavitcher Yeshiva had relocated to at that time. That's what he assumed it meant. He said, never in my wildest dreams, never would I have fantasized that when the Friedrich Rebbe said, your sons will learn in Temchet Tamimim, that that meant in America? So dreams do come true. When you have a visionary and a dreamer and somebody who's able to envision such things, then that which seems unthinkable from a perspective of conventional wisdom, and even the conventional wisdom of a devoted chassid, those things can actually come true and do come true and have come true. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, let's... uh, I'm just prolonging. If if you got stuff to do, you know, you you can go. I'm just, it's bittersweet. This is the last class. I mean, tomorrow night we have a class. We have an event. But uh, this is my last time sitting in this studio, at least for now. This is my last time sitting here in the beautiful Soul Word studio in uh, downtown Cedarhurst. So, and doing the 30 letters, 30 days. So I'm kind of uh, prolonging. This is the Jewish goodbye. You know, you know about the Jewish goodbyes. You're gonna have one at the on Pesach, right? When the the family members get up and they say, "Yeah, well, we gotta go," and then they just move from the dining room to the living room. Then an hour later, they move from the living room to the front hall. <laughs> they they move, yeah. Then they they get tired from standing in the front hall, so they go sit down in the kitchen, and then like like. They pick fruit from the fruit bowl that's on the kitchen counter. You won't, like, put it on a plate because that's rude because that means you came back and sat down again. But, you know, you just, like, pick it from the fruit bowl. Then it's like you're still on your way out the door. So it's like you're still transitioning to the to leaving. It's still part of the, the goodbye. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> so... Uh, so the Rebbe says like this, today is Tess Adar, the ninth day of the month of Adar. It's the anniversary of when the previous Rebbe came to America. And his actions spoke and testified to this message that we're talking about, the importance of Jewish education, of Jewish children. Because on the very first day that the Friedrich Rebbe came to America, I mean, you understand, he, he was fleeing Poland in 1940. Okay, this is not a joke. And you would think, at least let me go to my room and lie down right? No, no. Before he got any of his personal stuff taken care of, if you could even say that a Rebbe allows himself to have any personal stuff, but whatever that would even mean on the level of a Rebbe, he didn't even do that. He was me- meeting with uh, with Kramer and whoever else could uh, make this happen, and they made a decision. Okay, we're making yeshiva. Bam! Let's announce it. Press conference. Okay, and and obviously the Rebbe is referring to this because this is something that Chazak, the Rebbe Chaim Zalman Kramer himself would have first knowledge of. Okay. Und bei der Gelegenheit will ich der So, at this opportunity, on this occasion, I would like to uh, mention. 
as ir Reb Chaim Zalman, <laughs> pretty strong, you know, to be addressed by name. Rebbe says that you, Reb Chaim Zalman, un eide choshva brider and your esteemed brothers, I guess I should mention, since we talked about Kramer so much, we should mention the brothers. Chaim Zalman, I, I mentioned, was, uh, was the oldest of the four brothers. And he was also known in business as Hyman. I had a great uncle, Chaim, who was also named, named Jaime. I think probably every American Jewish family has a great uncle named Chaim, who was known as Jaime. Anyways, so <laughs> Chazak's English name was Hyman. And there was Yitzchok Arya, who was known as Izzy. I, I'm not joking, by the way. I also had a great, I'm not joking, a great uncle, Yitzchak, who was known as Izzy, or Ira, but, you know, okay. Uh, Avram Doivber, and he was known as Abe. And then there was Yukusil, who was known as Sam. So you had Hyman, and Izzy, and Abe, and Sam. That's like, <laughs> right there. It's like in an old shul on the Yortzite board, you know, the plaques, like those are like the classic, those are, that basically had it covered. Those are the four classic, like Jewish immigrant uh, American names from, uh, from that era. Those were, those were, those were the four uh, Kramer brothers. So the Rebbe says here that you, Rebbe Chaim Zalman, and your Chasheva Brida and your esteemed brothers, may they be well. Hat sich von ersten Moment gestellt in die erste Reihen mitzuhelfen in der Arbeit die ganze Zeit. You were there. <laughs> you were there. That you've been constantly there from, from, from the first moment to offer your assistance. Ich wünsche euch. I wish for you. I bless you. Zu kennen, feiern Sach. This is like an anniversary. It's like Moloshen Yoivel. It's jubileums, uh, which is like jubilees. Or the word jubilee actually comes from Moloshen Kedish word Yoivel. Uh, yeah. Of fruitful work. So I'm wishing upon you that you'll be able to celebrate many anniversaries of fruitful of fruitful work. Mesif increasingly growing, because that's always the Rebbe's push is what you've done so far is great. Now do even greater. Was das schafft die Zenoides vekelem levirches Hashem yisborich begashmias vruchnias, and this, this constant increase in doing this productive work, namely the work supporting Jewish education of Jewish children that the Rebbe was speaking about at length, that is what opens the pipelines and the vessels for Hashem's blessings materially and spiritually. In other words, the Rebbe is reminding these very blessed individuals, people who have been blessed materially and spiritually, that ultimately it's this work that brings that blessing and continues to, to, to bring that blessing into your life. Bivracha, with blessing, 
And uh, that's the end of the letter. Now, because I want to keep schlepping things out, but not really, because it's an important thing to mention, and I just don't have any other opportunity to do so, if I don't do it now, when am I going to get around to it? Before the shir, Mamish, a few minutes before we went live, I got a beautiful text from a younger man, uh, another Levi Shemtov, not the first Levi Shemtov I mentioned before. Levi Shemtov was the brother of Mendel Shemtov, who I mentioned earlier, who was the organizer of everything here. So um, he mentioned to me that he was listening to this year last night. And I had said, you know, it's interesting that Rebbe told, do you remember last night's shir? So you go back and you'll re-listen to letter number 28, the Matzah Shabbos shir from uh, last night, where uh, it was a short little letter where the Rebbe said, remember you used to write to me and you had such pizer and nefesh, you had such panic and anxiety, and now, thank God, everything got better. Hey, hey, remember that next time you're freaking out that things will get better again as well, you know, like... Let this be a lesson to you that just because things don't get better immediately doesn't mean that they're not getting better. They will get better. And this, this is your case in point. And if you'll just go compare your old letter to today, then you'll, you'll see the proof. Okay, remember that? So I had said, you know, that Eb is telling this person, hey, go look at your old letter. Go compare your, your frame of mind when you wrote the letter to me before to your frame of mind today, which is so you know, vastly improved. So I said, it seems like the Rebbe is implying that a person would have a copy of the letter they sent to the Rebbe. I said, I'm not telling anyone what to do here, but it seems like the Rebbe is saying that that's an expectation, that you would retain a copy for your own records. So I just threw it out there. I just said it as a thing to say it. I don't know, because I thought maybe, you know, maybe there's something to it. But uh, Levy sent me something really, really beautiful here. Um, it's a sicha, Shabbos Parshas Veschan and Shabbos Nachamu, Tavshin Memches, which is interesting because, you know, if you go back to the first couple classes we gave, I gave the history of the Igris and how it coincided also with the era of a Selah Harav when the Rebbe started to initiate that people should, I mean, it's an old standing order from Chazal, from the Mishnah, to have a personal mentor and rabbi. But in 1988, the Rebbe started speaking, or actually back in 87, that uh, they, people should have their own personal mentor and check in with them. And as I mentioned to you, the, the era of the pushing for the publication of the Igras and also encouraging people to have a personal, uh, mashpia, mentor, spiritual coach, however you want to call it, those two things sort of came together. And uh, as I mentioned to you, in the Mavai of, uh, of the Igras, that uh, it mentions that this is similar to the program of, of Tanya, the way the Alter Rebbe set it up, that coupling the text of Tanya with guidance from local experts, as the Alter Rebbe describes it in the Hakdamas Hamalakit in the preface of Tanya, that that is similar to the the program that the Rebbe designed, where we would have Igras to consult with as far as getting the Rebbe's approach, and also, obviously, the objectivity 
that can only be gained through talking to another person, someone that you respect and are willing to listen to, otherwise known as a mashbia or a rav. So um, this is from that same era. This is, like I said, Shabbos Nachmo Tavshim Ches. And so Levi sent this to me. The Rebbe's talking, um, like describing a scene of a person pulling out old copies, personal copies of the letters that he wrote to the Rebbe. And uh, pulling them out, I mean, I'm looking at the text right now, that Yadrizol Mizman Be'es Krishma Shalamita that uh, from time to time, like when he says the bedtime Shema, like when he's reviewing his day and he's making a Chesh ben Tzedek, you know, a, a moral inventory, that he's going to pull out the letters, his copy, his copy of the letters that he wrote to the Rebbe. Um, and the Rebbe says that Zicher Hopman by Zich Ibergolazd that for sure, like Zichar, you know, like, again, the Rebbe teaching us something. And I know a lot of people take this the wrong way, and they're like, come on, it's like so demanding. No, it's not Zichar. I didn't know about this. Why is the Rebbe saying it's so obvious? I never heard of this until I heard it from the Rebbe. Don't take it that way. The Rebbe's teaching you. <laughs> the Rebbe's not telling you <laughs> that it was already certain to you. The Rebbe wants it to become certain to you. So the Rebbe's saying here that certainly you retained a, a copy of the letters that you wrote to him, and you're going to pull it out from time to time, maybe at night before you go to bed and you're thinking about your day and you're thinking about your life. And you're going to go and uh, make an accounting, like any business does inventory, right? So you have to do inventory. So there you have a very clear source, and that's something that I'm really grateful to... Uh, to learn about and did not, it did not occur to me that that was something important or that it could be used in that way um, so yeah I heard a lot of people saying over the past 30 days that they started writing more and that's wonderful and now I'm realizing it's not just about writing more it's about writing it and keeping a copy and uh, being able to look back and see our progress, both for the purposes of accountability, to see if we're, you know, Ayeka, where are you? Where are you up to? Holding ourselves accountable if we're actually making good on what we've, what we've uh, without a vow, endeavored to take on. And also for the purposes, might I add, and it's very much in keeping with the letter to, uh, to Chazak Kramer, to celebrate what we've achieved and to take credit for it and to be happy that we've done good stuff because it just reminds us to continue to do more good stuff. Um, yeah, so I think that's a nice practical and actionable item that we can all start applying right away.
And who knows what it'll lead to, but I'm sure it will lead to lots and lots of good stuff beyond anything that I'm capable of foreseeing. But I just know that when you tune in to the Rebbe and the Rebbe's advice for us and the Rebbe's direction for us, and even if it's little stuff, I just I know from experience that wildly beautiful things come to transpire in your life and the lives of others and in ways that are unpredictable. And it just takes a willingness to, to view the Rebbe's teachings as not just something that we revere for its holiness, or, or even that we we follow out of out of a sense of uh, dedication or devotion, which all these things are good, but just to, even even just from the perspective of, you know, that ever took so much trouble to explain things well. <laughs> you know, if I'll if I'll stop a second and think and internalize, this stuff really makes sense. And I don't have to understand the full ramifications of it, but and, and I can't understand the full ramifications of it. But when I when I start to tune in and align myself with it, wonderful things happen. They really do. I hope that everyone <clears throat> has has enjoyed this as much as I have. Um, I hope that we'll continue to learn together in various capacities and uh, i invite you to tune in tomorrow night ladies women only for the zoom portion of the Fabrengen, which requires login and then everyone can watch the final class at 10 o'clock on youtube in fact i think the program starts on youtube a little bit earlier tomorrow night but again all of this practical information <clears throat> is at 30 letters 30 days.com okay Thank you again to all of you for being part of this really, really meaningful present to the Rebbe. And I, I hope that it is received well and that it brings nachas. Okay, good night.